There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. You may or may not be aware of a significant development on the weekend where one of the nation's largest Christian denominations has amended its teaching to permit same-sex marriage. The Uniting Church in Australia's National Assembly has voted to allow same-sex couples to marry in the church. Now, The vote means that the church will provide a choice of marriage services. A new marriage right will be written for two persons to marry and will sit alongside the Uniting Church's existing marriage service for men and women. Well, let's get some insights from the man that many would argue is Australia's best-known Uniting Church minister, but also the most outspoken advocate for marriage between one man and one woman, the Reverend Fred Nile. Fred Nile is a member of the Christian Democratic Party in the Legislative Council in New South Wales. Fred Nile, welcome back to 2020. Yes, Neil. Nice to hear from you. Uh, Fred Nile, is this a shock to you, what's happened over the weekend? No, it's not a shock. But I just need to clarify uh, one part of your introduction. Yep. Because uh, the United Church, I was in the United Church as a minister for 17 years, and when they announced that their new policy was to ordain practising homosexuals, not converted homosexuals, but practising homosexuals, I then sent a letter to the United Church uh, resigning from the United Church, and I was pleased that I joined then the Evangelical Congregational Churches, and they actually elected me as their president the next year. Okay. <laughs> so I went from being thrown out to being promoted. Uh, well, that's interesting because you probably still are the best-known Uniting Church minister, even though now that is history. Uh, yes. But, Fred, not a shock to you. You saw it coming. Uh, when the policy changed, you decided to resign and you're out of the Uniting Church. What sort of feedback have you been receiving from uh, colleagues and uh, people that you've known as part of the Uniting Church now for a long, long time? Yes, well, I'm still uh, a member of the Confessing uh, Assembly of the Uniting Church. The evangelicals in the Uniting Church have formed a church within the church um, of confessing congregations who confess you know, the traditional Christian faith, the evangelical faith. And uh, a lot did resign and leave, but a large number stayed in the United Church under this covering of this uh, special assembly of evangelicals. And they've been putting out a lot of material, which I, I get as a member, uh, condemning the whole proposal and also the deception in the wording of the motion that was put before the 
delegates, uh, and you did use the word yourself, uh, nowhere does it mention same-sex marriage. It just, in small print within the definition, it just says any two people or any two persons can get married. A lot of naive people might think, well, that's what marriage is between two people, a man and a woman, and not realise they're actually adopting same-sex marriage. That that was the intention of the uh, uh, board of the United Church who make these decisions. Yeah, as I, you say. I know most of them. I know where they come from, and they're very tolerant of these uh, shifts in church uh, practice and belief, unfortunately. So when we talk about a word uh, deceptive, uh, mm. your take on the movement of the Uniting Church away from what most people who are Christians would argue would be a biblical authority on marriage. Uh, what are your thoughts about the shift? Well, that's what's happened in, in the debate in the Uniting Church, the evangelical proportion, which obviously is not the majority because the motion was carried uh, they've been strongly promoting the biblical faith within the United Church and they'll be deeply disappointed that this has been promoted and pushed you know, by the hierarchy of the United Church and I think there will be some serious repercussions of this decision. There were warnings given that it may lead to uh, clergy, particularly clergy resigning from the United Church and and members so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But it's a very sad uh, development because people, as Christians, we all think, oh, well, the church is all one, we all believe the same, it's all based on the Bible, what Jesus Christ taught, and suddenly you see these major shifts. So we're not a united Christian church in that area. Uh, some will say that this is a little bit like an experiment. Uh, in fact, it's described as a two-integrities solution, uh, which attempts to allow two beliefs about marriage to coexist in the one church structure. I wonder what your thoughts are on whether you think that could work in the church. I don't believe it can. It's, it's, it's uh, confusion, and I would go further and say it's, it's actually hypocrisy. And I'm not even sure, you know, whether the majority of the grassroots members of the United Church would ag would agree with this policy. But it's a vote taken by the delegates to the National Assembly, a couple of hundred people. And uh, I think they've been brainwashed, if you like, by the presentation of this motion. And even, as I've said, concealing, I think, the full impact for not using uh, the traditional language of the of the groups who promote same-sex marriage, using same-sex marriage or even homosexual marriage between two men uh, to avoid using any of that language. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are some naive delegates who, when they read a report on the Assembly, would say, is that what we voted for? Oh, I didn't realise that. As I understand it, the report that gave rise to the change wasn't debated at the Assembly before the new marriage definition was adopted. Is that part of your thinking that there were some delegates there thought that they were voting for something, but in fact it looks as though they've had the wool pulled over their eyes? Is that what you're saying? That, that's my, my belief, because I, 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 I was ordained back in 64 and I know... Uh, a lot of Christians are very naive. They're lovely, innocent, trusting, and gullible. 
and I think they've they've been taken advantage of with this uh, motion that's been passed. Another dimension here is the suggestion that multicultural and Aboriginal bodies within the church were not able to properly participate uh, with uh, the idea of uh, even having interpreting services available. Uh, is that something that you're aware of? Well, I know there there is a large uh, Indigenous proportion of the Uniting Church, and the ones that I know, the pastors are evangelical. And I think a lot of them will now have to have a, a very serious consideration. Can they remain in the United Church or can they uh, still remain affiliating their Aboriginal church uh, within the United Church? Has it been the case in your historical knowledge where the sort of debate that usually would be very open before an assembly like that uh, was taken behind doors into closed sessions, uh, I guess, I imagine, uh, so that uh, so that somehow or other uh, something could be steamrolled through like this. Is this something that you've seen before in the Uniting Church? Yes, yes. It's, it's not a new uh, strategy. There's some very clever people at the top, some I've known for years, some who were students when I was a student. So I know that they're very intelligent and, and they can work out a strategy. If they want to get something done, they know how to get it through an assembly. That's not a big challenge. Now, I'm, I'm hoping, as I've said with the same-sex bill passed by the Federal Parliament, uh, I've launched a petition to repeal that bill, and I'm getting hundreds of signatures on those petitions from people saying to repeal the Australian same-sex marriage law. And I hope there are many, many United Church members who have a biblical faith, who will launch a campaign to repeal that motion, uh, to repeal it, and in the process have a debate on repealing it, why they're repealing it, and bring all these points uh, out in the open to the surface. Uh, that petition, for listeners who might be thinking, I'd sign that petition, uh, where would they find that to be a part of it? I would like to just write to me, care of the uh, New South Wales Parliament or GPA Box 1566 Sydney 2001. And I, I have distributed many, many hundreds of them. Um, but I know your listeners are covering different areas of Australia. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Fred, the Assembly of Confessing Congregations, of which you're still affiliated, That's and right. That's uh, the I, group I was talking about. I remember that in a past conversation, when you said that this group was emerging within the Uniting Church, does that group still have standing with the Uniting Church, or is it a is it a breakaway movement? No, no, it's still within the Uniting Church and and recognised. But uh, I think this will test their patience, this particular move, because they came out strongly opposing it in there. They have their own magazine, and uh, over the last couple of months, they've put in many, many articles exposing uh, what was being planned. But again, that material would have only gone, I assume, to members of the Confessing Congregations, and may not have gone to every uh, United Church. I hope it did, but it may not have. 
No doubt there are a lot of questions that are to be answered by the hierarchy in the Uniting Church. Uh, things like the practicalities of permitting individual ministers and congregations to decide on their own position on marriage. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts on, on, on which way you would hope Uniting Churches go on that. Well, again, there'd be a percentage of Uniting Church ministers who'd be very happy with this move. But but there would be a large number, and they would be the ones affiliated to the confessing congregations who confess Christ and confess a biblical faith. They'll be deeply hurt because they make it clear, you know, we cannot accept this. And then the hierarchy just say, well, too bad. So I think the ones who've rammed it through have to now take the consequences if the confessing congregations feel that they have to establish themselves as a separate uh, denomination from the Uniting Church. I know, as I said earlier, uh, because of some of the previous policies that the Uniting Church ministers and their congregations have left, and I, I don't want to take time now, but I could uh, bring tears to your eyes if I told you what happened to those ministers and churches and how they were treated by the, uh, the authorities of the Uniting Church in a most cruel and... Uh, unloving way what are your thoughts for ordinary congregation members in the uniting church who may or may not be aware of where their church stands uh, on this whole issue of marriage uh, what are your thoughts for those individuals who might be hearing this for the first time and and thinking uh, that their church is doing the right thing or they are thinking their church has done the wrong thing what are your thoughts yes, i think it'll be a shock as when this gradually permeates down to the grassroots, because the delegates, I think it's only a couple of hundred delegates from all over Australia, so it's not representative of the whole whole church. And often you get what I call uh, assembly uh, members, people who love conferences and assemblies, who register to be delegates. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very challenging position to be in, to be a delegate to state or national assemblies, even for other denominations. And I know a lot of Christians just don't like to participate in the debates and so on. So you get a minority who um, enjoy, if you like, the debate and, and the arguments at the various assemblies over the years. But I don't think it's something that the mainstream members enjoy, that kind of confrontation on these issues. Well, Fred Nile, I want to thank you for your candid comments and uh, reflection here. And I know that every listener to our conversation will note your disappointment with the decision that has been made. Uh, and I'll point people to uh, some of the detail that you uh, regularly are dispersing from your position as a member of the Christian Democratic Party, the leader, uh, in the Legislative Council in the New South Wales Upper House. Uh, Fred Nile, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you. And if anyone wants information, just write to me. If you can't find an address, just write to me, Kev, in New South Wales, Parliament House. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.